Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. I am here this week with a new guest, but so many of you I know are already familiar with Missy Andrews. She is from Center for Lit, and we're going to talk a little bit about that, but we've got some great things to talk about this week that will no doubt encourage you. But before we get into that, I want to say thank you to our sponsor, BJU Press Homeschool. No parent should homeschool alone. You have a God-given calling to bring up your child to love God and to steward his creation. And BJU Press exists to help you be successful in that endeavor. Visit their website at bjupresshomeschool.com or call 1-800-845-5731 to connect with an experienced homeschool consultant. Well, Missy, welcome to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. I am so excited to have you with me this week. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule um, to join us. Tell us about you and your family. Oh, um, well, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it very much. Um, Me and my family, I am a veteran homeschooler of six. Um, The oldest is 30 and the youngest is just graduating from college in a couple of weeks here. So we have finished the homeschooling project. Um, My husband and I started a little company to encourage homeschool families and equip them to study literature and the great books with their kids probably about 20 some odd years ago. Um, and uh, it's called Center for Lit. You can find us online. And so now I spend the majority of my um, daytime hours working together with my husband at that. So fun. One of my favorite things to do on this podcast, and I talk about this all the time, is to have experienced and veteran homeschool moms come alongside of us younger homeschool moms and some much younger than me who are just getting started and just help us navigate this world of homeschooling and how to homeschool, how to homeschool um, effectively. And as you and I were talking about before we pushed the record button, the most important thing, of course, always is to lead our kids back to Jesus. There's nothing yes. more important than that. And so I know that you really are very passionate about the Lord and about doing that very thing, oftentimes through literature. So we'll talk a little bit about that this week. But what I really want to talk about um, in this first part of the week is how to mul- how to homeschool multiple children. And this yes. is a question that we get asked all the time. And I know you do as well, because if you're anywhere near homeschool parents, especially those who are just getting started, or maybe they have, you know, a few who are younger elementary and they've got more little ones coming up into the mix. It's always, I think the number one worry of moms is how do I do this? How do I juggle all of the kids? Mm -hmm. And being a mom is no joke. I mean, there's so much responsibility um, to educate our kids, but then we also have caring for our homes and doing the laundry and the dishes and the grocery shopping and all of the things that are required of us as moms. And so how how do we juggle all of these things and successfully get our kids to the very end as you have with yours? Oh, it's such a good question because the the task is monumental. Yes. Uh, I was just thinking in preparation for the podcast about all the different things that we as homeschool moms are required to do just to keep our uh, families running smoothly. And we wear so many different hats, uh, yeah. maid and chef and interior decorator and chauffeur and uh, executive scheduling director. <laughs> We're purchasing agents and uh, hospitality coordinators and general helpers and errand girls and counselors, right? Uh, We're the heart of our homes. And simultaneously, we're supposed to be giving our children 
uh, in education, which means that we have to navigate this sea of curriculum. There's so many, I mean, on the, on the one hand, it's a blessing to have so much curriculum out there to help us with the task of home education. But simultaneously, we've got to wade through all of the curriculum and uh, find the, the cream of the crop or what's essentially going to work for our particular child's learning skill. Um, we serve as registrar in our little family academies, preparing formal transcripts and record, keeping records for all of our children's work. Um, and in addition, we're teaching multiple subjects across fields of knowledge at every grade level. Um, and each of these subjects really does require preparation because you can't teach what you don't know. Right. <laughs> so um, th this just the task of home education um, really cannot be overstated. Um, the reason that we struggle with overwhelm in this process is because it is overwhelming. Yeah. When you look at a, a day school, I mean, it takes an entire staff to do all of the things that we're trying to do with our children in our, in our household. And when you add to that situation, the idea that um, we come from a variety of different backgrounds as homeschool parents. Um, some of us have a little more than high school diplomas to aid us in the task of, um, of educating our children. And others, um, you know, we might have gone to college and got literary degrees, but we come out on the other end, basically, if we got an education, knowing just how much we don't know, right. you know. <laughs> so we look at all of this and think, how are we ever going to, I mean, who do I think I am, really, yeah. to, to believe that I could give my children a top drawer education? Uh, can I really do this thing? And, and um, what I'd like to say to you is, yes, absolutely, you can give your children a top drawer education. But if you want to do this thing, you first have to consider what you mean by the term education. Mm. Um, there are lots of different answers to the idea of what an education actually is, and some lend themselves more readily to the home education project than others. Um, and I go further to say some of them um, lend themselves to the task of Christian education um, better than others. There's a particular brand of education out there that's called mastery learning, and it understands the facts of the subjects to be the substance of education. So by means of mastery education, the purpose or, or the task of the educator is to fill our kids up with facts in every subject, which can be pretty daunting, both for the child and for the mom. Um, it means first we have to know which fact. Um, what, what the facts are and which of those facts are the most important. Um, and then we have to find some way to pour all those facts into our students in a way that it sticks, right? So um, there's a lot of drilling and testing and memorization. Uh, memorization is at the heart of mastery education. And so students that are really gifted at memorization uh, excel at this form of work. Um, others that aren't as gifted in memorization um, become pretty convinced that they're um, failures, that they're um, stupid. Um, think too about the various disciplines and the way that um, as 
as study goes on apace in each of the disciplines, the disciplines themselves are growing um, as new things are discovered, right? There are new facts to absorb in mathematics and science and even in linguistics because language itself is, um, is alive and growing. So the question of how much is enough when we're talking about stuffing our kids' heads full of facts is a really live question. Um, and with the advent of the internet, you know, uh, there's a proliferation of facts. Um, if education is a complete range of facts, then anybody with a Google search can be considered educated. Uh, we'd even have to admit that a Google search engine itself is educated by this definition, right? Um, so my question is, what if education isn't actually a list of facts and books? Mm. Um I was really influenced by this idea of mastery education and um, really under the pile of this idea of education. And when I was preparing my oldest son for high school, um, I was really under the pile. It just, it felt like, okay, high school, now it counts, right? Because our goal was to get him off to college and have him um, well-prepared uh, and the question of the book list loomed large. Like, what do we have him read? We've only got four years. There's only so much time. What are the most important books for him to be familiar with? What are the most important facts in every discipline? How can we make sure that he's ready, right? Uh, and right about that time, I got a phone call from uh, a professor of mine. He was very influential in my own education and my husband's. And um, he'd been getting my Christmas letter for years, and he said, "You know, I've had it on um, on my desk um, to on my list to call you for some time, and I just wanted to ask. I get your Christmas letter every year, and I wonder how I can serve you uh, in your family." And I thought, "Oh, this is the Lord! Wow, <laughs> <laughs> how could you possibly have called me just now?" And uh, I said, "Yes, yes. Oh, thank God you called me. Um, this is a divine appointment. Let me ask you a question." I'm preparing my son for college right now. And um, if you could prepare a student to sit in your classroom, what would you have him read? Could you give me a book list? And, uh, you know, I expected him to, to say, well, of course, I'll send it to you. And, you know, that it would come in an email or, or what have you. And he goes, absolutely. I'd be glad to do that for you. Do you have a pencil? <laughs> I thought, do I have a pencil? Are you? Oh, well, okay, yeah, just a minute. You know? So I grab my pencil and my piece of paper and I'm ready to be a scribe. And he says, um, just three books, that should do it. Oh, wow. <laughs> I said, three books? What are you talking about? He says, well, of course, the Bible. And then um, he, they should read Milton's Paradise Lost. And then another book, uh, it's a tiny little book. Uh, it might be out of print, but you can find it. It's by Richard Mitchell and it's called The Gift of Fire. Have you read it? And I said, no, I've never read it. And he goes, well, read that one first and everything else will be clear. And I said, really, that's all you're going to give me? <laughs> you know, you're not going to give me anything else. He said, you don't need anything else. You'll be fine. Oh, wow. So with no further explanation, I ordered the book and read it. And The Gift of Fire um, is really about what an education actually is. And he challenges the idea that education is a series of facts that we're all trying to cram into our heads and master. Um, or that an educated man is a man who masters the world in any way. There's really only one master sure. of the world. Um, so what he does instead is suggests that um, if we look at the root 
of the word education, it comes from the Latin um, educare, which means to lead out or to draw forth, um, which really implies that the act of educating is the act of leading a person out of or toward something. Um, so from even just from the etymological origins of the word, we can divine that education is something of a process or a journey um, rather than some object to be gotten or a body of facts to be mastered. Instead, it's some sort of a quest towards something or a deliverance out of something, which really begs the question, what is that something? Right. Um, and I think that your answer to that question what is that something, uh, will define the character of the education that you pursue with and for your students. Um, if that something is a body of knowledge, a body of facts, by mastering which you can master the world and your life circumstances, well, it's going to put you on a hamster wheel because how many facts are enough facts, right? right? When are you ever done um, mastering the world of facts and the ever-increasing, uh, expanding body of knowledge that's right. out there to be discovered? Um, but if education is not a body of facts, then what is it? Um, in this book, Mitchell suggests that Education is not actually an end in itself, but it's instead the vehicle or the process that we employ in our search for the real end, which is the truth. That truth is the object of education and that we pursue that truth through every subject and discipline. And he goes further to say that there's no end to this journey. Um, he says it this way, there is no last statement and um, that really does resonate with uh, Christian ideas because the end of our quest for truth is is the incomprehensible and immense God of right. the universe. There's no end to our understanding of Him. Um, he is the way, the truth, and the life, as Jesus tells us, as John quotes Him in, in John 14, 6. And um, it's to Him that we are called to lead our kids, it's to the brink. Um, uh, to it's to the brink of knowing God. It is into uh, in, in a, into the journey of knowing God um, that we that we purport to lead our children as we educate them. Right? Yeah. Um, because it's in the face of God that all of the details of the world and of our lives come into focus. Mm -hmm. um, so I would say that education can't save our children, but it can put them in the proper posture uh, to, to receive um, what's necessary from the Lord when salvation comes upon them. Amen. <laughs> it can teach them a, a very clear um, truth of the universe. That is that um, there is a God and, and they are not He. Yeah, right. <laughs> right? And Amen. if we think about education in all of its different um, iterations and every subject and discipline as an opportunity for our kids to come up against this hard truth that they are not the gods of the universe, that the universe doesn't revolve around them, but that it was created by a loving God who keeps them as the apple of his eye, um, the process of education um, becomes an amazing opportunity. And the stuff of education, all of those books and lists and facts um, become opportunities to confront them with this reality. Have you tried CTC math yet with your child? Here's a testimonial from another happy homeschool mom. 
Amber said, I'm absolutely thrilled with CTC math. It's a rare find that I've used with my children for more than five years now. I have six children using CTC math and each child has found it easy to navigate and very applicable. Thank you so much for all that you are doing and providing quality math lessons for my children. If you're looking for a great online math program, visit ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. Apologia supports homeschool families with Christ-centered K-12 homeschool curriculum designed to engage your student as they experience the awe and wonder of creation and their creator. Designed by leading scholars with a biblical worldview, Apologia's award-winning curriculum is written in a conversational tone directly to the student to encourage independence. Hands-on activities and experiments help students solidify the concepts they're exploring and build a lifelong love of learning. Visit us at Apologia.com. We are back with Missy Andrews. Um, I love before the break, you were talking about, and and I didn't want to stop you (laughs) because you were on this roll and it was so, so good. And one of the things that you were talking about is how there's no end to education. And as you were talking about that, I was thinking about scripture. And it's the Mm -hmm. same, of course, with God's word. Like, we're never going to get to the end of it. We're never going to get to that point where like, oh, okay, time to close the Bible. I know it all. I know everything there is to know about God and the universe, right? Yes. I mean, that's just not possible. And so it's it's such a good point that you make that there is no end. Like there's, we, we never know all the things and then we have to discern what things are truth and which things yes. are not. Right. Um, so park there for just a second where you talk about how there there really is no end to education. And, and, and for the listeners, we are going to wrap this all back around into homeschooling multiple children. <laughs> yes, this so. is all this is all very germane to to answering right. that question. See, if education is a journey and not a list, um then that relieves the burden for mom. Um so just understanding education to be something more than a list of facts to be crammed into the minds of our students uh can relieve the burden associated with the homeschooling project um pretty readily. Education is a journey and not a list. The completion of Book lists uh, in curriculum is what happens along the way to an education, but it does not constitute the education itself. Um, the completion of a book list does not ensure that the reader is going to have had the same experience as the person who created that book list to begin with. Um, education is much less mathematical than that. It is something more than this acquisition of a body of facts or data. It is the maturation of a human soul. And this is what many would describe as a miracle. Um, it can't be summed up by a test or a grade. When you think about education this way, each book on a book list um, represents an opportunity to gain insights about the way that things really are, to ask questions about the nature of reality and the nature of man, the nature of matter, the nature of life in this world, and the nature of the God who created all of it. Um, Rubbing books together then uh, produces kind of an overview of the universal things of man. And whether we're looking at uh, children's picture storybooks, um, thinking on the subject of friendship, or we're looking at uh, the great classics of Western civilization uh, mature that mature readers would read, um, 
thinking about the same subject matter, we get a, a continuing conversation among the authors of the great books through their art about the nature of reality, which represents a wealth of opportunity for parents that want to help their kids begin to think about these kinds of things. Um, so that is to say it's not necessary if education is not a book list, it's not necessary that we be comprehensive in our treatment of all of these things, but that instead we see these things on the book list as opportunities rather than um, um, necessities. And we provide our kids with some training pedagogically um, that would allow them to to, um, not master every single book on the book list or to, to learn the books, but rather to understand how to read any book and the kinds of questions and conclusions that books in general would lead them into considering. Yeah. Oh, so much good stuff. Missy, yes. thank you. <laughs> yes. We we have so much more to talk about this week, um, but we are going to be back on Wednesday. We are out of time right now. Um, thank you for being with us. Tell us, Missy, where people can find out more about you and your ministry. Um, you can find us at centerforlit.com. Okay, we'll put those links in the show notes. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you back here on Wednesday. If you've not yet signed up for our newsletter, go to schoolhouserocked.com and you can find all sorts of fun things on that website. You can find the movie, you can sign up for our newsletter, you can see our cool swag that was designed by my daughter. Um, There's all sorts of fun stuff on there. So check it out, schoolhouserocked.com. Have a great rest of your day. We'll see you back here Wednesday. Bye. What we do at IEW is break through the, the noise of the grammar and the writing prompts, and we say, this is what you do, step by step. And I've witnessed it over and over again, both watching Andrew teach and hearing from parents, this is the best writing program. We've made it so easy and made it really affordable. So any mom can teach writing to their children using our course, and we guarantee it. To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com.